One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your strap bags on. Join me, hot. My name is Dan, and welcome to a very, I guess, job-heavy episode of Happy Days. The first episode we're going to talk about today is Get a Job. The second one is Fonzie Joins the Band, where the band gets a job. And, uh, hey, isn't that great? That's fantastic. I did. We themed them, accidentally, but we themed them. Season 2, uh, again, my name is Dan, rocking all week with you, the Happy Days podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10. 18th episode overall and i guess uh i guess we'll hop right into this one the um uh, uh the first one we're talking about here is get a job named after the silhouettes hit get a job get a job get a job and they say shanana somewhere in there i think which is where shanana came from or the name uh shanana came from so this is february 25th 1975 uh, written by Bill Idelson, who we last saw writing the um, Christmas episode. Uh, directed by Jerry Paris. Uh, it looks like the Happy Days Wikipedia has the credits for the writer-director credit for the next episode on us. So don't believe everything you read. So, yeah, let's start off with Get a Job and let me... Po- oh, this is going to be a surprise. Listen to this. We'll start off by saying that the last episode was last couple of episodes. Definitely the last episode was a little bit longer than I've been actually the last couple were a little bit longer than I've been meaning to go. I think I can say safely that this episode is going to go a little short shorter. I was gonna say shorper, but that's that's not a word. That was uh, I don't even know what that was. That was a portmanteau of something, but I can't figure out what it was. Uh, so this you know, I try to keep them under an hour. And if, if it goes over an hour, then there's something going on uh, with the episodes. Uh, or I'm recording them in a strange fashion, like the pacing around episode I did a, a few uh, episodes ago. But this one, I think it's going to be under an hour. So let's dive right in to get a job. Uh, Richie Potsy and Ralph want uh, to make some money. So they um, uh, basically fill out a little index card, cheap labor, and they put it up around places including Bulletin Board and Arnold's. Uh, and wait for the uh, jobs to roll in. And as the family is watching Mr. C um, pacing back and forth with his, I believe, 11-inch uh, feet um, measuring a um, for a spot for a new couch, um, uh, Richie, uh, they get a call from a Mrs. Kimber uh, who has a job for them basically fixing a fence. So they go out there the next day, and yeah, the fence is kind of in disarray in her backyard. And... Um, they walk in and out of her backyard in a strange manner. I, I, I'll i try to remember to mention that later on when, when Potsy and Ralph leave and they come right at the camera, which is really weird because aren't they running into the... Uh, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, they go see Mrs. Kimber. She wants them to fix the fence. Mrs. Kimber is a 28-year-old divorcee and she shows up in very um, tight little red pants and like a half shirt. And, of course, the moment they find out she's a divorcee, you know the way it works. Divorcees are hot to trot. You know, all you got to do is, you know, just, yeah, I'm there. You, you get you get some, you'll get a job. 
and two dollars an hour and, and what happens is yeah Potsy tries going in there and and um uh kind of being like yeah it doesn't work and ralph takes his shirt off and he kind of hangs out by the door can i get a glass of water yeah but that doesn't work and then eventually they're like ah heck with it and they leave but richie finishes everything mrs kimber is impressed with what he's done invites him back for dinner even though he chose meatloaf for pick a pick a dinner night uh for, um at the house and yeah he returns and she's in a lovely dress and it's um i mean to me spring autumn i'm gonna say spring it feels like a spring maybe almost into summer but no wait a minute Joni is doing homework so it is i'm gonna call it spring i'm gonna call it spring she's doing math homework i believe and yeah so and and richie goes and he has a dinner with the uh 28 year old divorcee and um is she hot to trot spoiler she kind of is but richie gets a kiss and then leaves so that's uh that's get a job that is this episode uh as much as i love bill idelson this is a much more sort of normal episode it feels very much like like a few of them have felt in this season it feels like a first season story with the second season dynamic with with ralph and potsy ralph being more involved and potsy being less of um a go-to guy for getting stuff done and just being a little goofy and Joni obviously being much older and taller she's getting tall very quickly and the phone's being more friendly uh, with them. But the, but the actual plot does have a feeling of like something you would have seen, I don't know, in like a father knows best or something where like Bud um, like uh, um, does like an odd job for a woman who's in her mid-twenties or something and, and learns a lesson. You know, my, my first thought was, and I think there's an episode like this later on in the series. I could be thinking of Petticoat Junction though, or Absolutely Fabulous, uh, where like Joni has a little something like this with an older guy. I could be completely making that up, but I think when it's Joni with the older guy, it's not good, and it ends up in court. No, it doesn't end up in court, but it's not good. Whereas here, it's sort of like, hey, yeah, mm, yeah, I well, I, I wouldn't have mind when I was... I was, I thought Richie was 17, but it's kind of implied that he's 18 here because she says she's 28, and he's 10 years younger. And so, um, uh, so eighteen-year-old Richie, I still think he's seventeen. Uh, you know, getting a chance to make out with a. Um, well, I guess if he is eighteen, though, what the heck? Make out with a twenty-eight-year-old all you want. Why not? Well, you know, I, I don't know what the. Um, I didn't look up age of consent for Wisconsin. I'm sure some of you know, and you'll you'll let me know. But um, you know, I and you know, you could say, well, Dan, he they really she shouldn't be doing that, and um, and. Um, you know, uh, and you know Richie's young, but if if Richie is eighteen, as the episode implies, then he's of legal age. So, and he may may even be of legal age seventeen. I don't know, um, but uh, maybe she shouldn't. But we'll talk about we'll talk more about her as we go along. They, I, I will say, get a job. I, I mentioned get a job. There, there is a song you actually hear a bit of a song. What is it? Love flew away. Once more, no. What love? I wrote it down. Love flew away when you something or something. Right at the beginning, one of those more croonery songs that we heard at the beginning of season one. That's more from the early fifties. I desperately tried to find. Well, I spent fifteen minutes trying to find out what that song was. It wasn't a familiar one to me, and we only hear really well that sort of line. So it's kind of. Eh, I don't know what it is. So, and we don't actually hear the song "Get a Job." At least in this one, who knows? They could have cut it out of the thing. So, so "Get a Job" uh, is for our benefit, not theirs. I'd like to address right now the odd behavior of um, Potsy and Ralph. Now, I mentioned that they try to sort of woo the divorcee, and both of them fail. With Ralph, in particular, with the shirt off, getting a bit of a zazz that um, kind of embarrasses him. And when um, the divorcee goes out to run some errands and requests that they, you know, please, you know, finish the, when you, I get back, I'll pay you. Um, Richard Potsy immediately leave. And like I mentioned, in what seems to be a completely fenced in backyard, they walk with, with the, with the, the fence that they're, now, I have no idea what the directions are, but, but where the camera is, this is pure Jerry Paris. The camera is facing the fence that they're fixing to our right is the back of the house to the left we see more fence so presumably there isn't just a big space to, opposite the the wall that the of the fence that isn't in good shape so presumably there's fence there 
and I thought maybe there was a gate or something, but but they they literally they storm like directly towards us when they're leaving, which means they're going right into the wall or the fence that that's uh, that's I guess that, like I said there could be a gate there, but that doesn't make sense that they're going right at us because the gate the gate would open up into the next door neighbor's lawn. So uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it's basically they you know they've got lots of ideas about what divorces are like. Um, I think it's like. Um, Potsy goes in for water, gets a little disappointed, but he's still like, oh my God, she's so hot. And uh, Ralph tries this thing, taking a shower, and gets disappointed. And then when they find out that she's going out and not going to sunbathe nude or something like that, the two guys take off. Which is weird because the point of the episode is that they're cheap labor and they want to uh, help and make money. And now they work for... I mean, it looks like they don't really work much at all. Maybe a couple hours and then they leave and Richie finishes it off. How does how does that work with the, in the, in the land of cheap labor? I, it's it's never sort of fully kind of explained what um, is going on there. You think you think they'd stay and finish the job, but they don't. It's it's an okay episode. I mean, there there are some good laughs. Watching Ralph and Potsy make fools of themselves is fun, and um, sort of sort of Joni with oh divorcees they're hot to trot is is fun, and Mister C with his 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 eleven inch feet and and stuff and it is great overall it's a it's a tricky episode though because well obviously we've seen it before we've seen it at least twice before we saw it in all the way and we saw it in that episode with the is it a star is board no 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 that was that was um wish upon a star wish upon a star with the premise being that richie somehow gets involved whether it be with a gal with a reputation at school or a starlet or a divorcee, Richie gets involved with someone who he's pretty much told there is no way you cannot score with her. And then he proceeds to not score with her for whatever reason or other. And this is the third time we've seen it. They all end with moments where like someone doesn't believe him and what has gone on and stuff. And yeah, the um, it's 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 tricky because I mean uh, Mrs. Kimber is very nice and and the scene between her and Richie is nice. Uh, I don't know, uh, Richie might go a little overboard on the look how clumsy I am kind of thing. But then I I suppose I I may have been in the same boat if I had encountered something like that. But yeah, it's it's tricky because you know, you'll notice early when I was doing the plot synopsis, I said when I said spoiler, you could probably have guessed what the spoiler was you know they they maybe they kiss but Richie leaves you know you 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 most likely knew I wasn't going to say spoiler after the scene with them sitting on this little swing in her backyard and they kiss the intensity of the lovemaking especially for television 1975 is incredible you knew I wasn't going to say that because you knew that wasn't going to happen the tricky thing with Mrs. Kimber is that like the gals in the previous episodes um they're never going to appear again. So, um, and, and the episodes were paced different in the first season. So something like All the Way um, has less sitcom shenanigans going on around it, has more focus on the story, whereas this has the sitcom shenanigans, the measuring the, the, the couch and um, Ralph and Potsy being goofy and a uh, sequence with the meatloaf that, that Richie won't be there to eat. And, and so it gives a, w- with the sitcom shenanigans, it gives a little bit less for, towards Mrs. Kimber's character, who we'll obviously never see again. And, you know, the, the, the starlet, she, she made sense. You know, she was there. She was doing a job. She was already married. But she just wanted to hang out with Richie for a while. You know, the gal on the date and all the way, she knew she had the reputation. She didn't care. She'd make out for a little while. Here it's it's yeah it's a bit different because it's an older woman and but but again one you know he's not going to end up like cultivating a relationship with this older woman so that's kind of a lost cause to begin with um and t- two she does actually like him and he likes her they kiss they discuss how they wish their ages were different and then he leaves so in this one he is actually kind of in like Flynn but um he they choose not to and um and so so it kind of makes for a thing where it's like why don't you just stay with Gloria Richie I mean I'm sure you'd be having a great time if you stay with Gloria 
I know I would be having a great time if I had stayed with Gloria. That's kind of the, the tricky thing about this episode is that I, 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 I think I've said much earlier that what I remember when I, I, yeah, I think back at the start of the podcast, I remember mentioning that one of the, the things I thought when I got to the end of season two, as much as I enjoyed the pre-live studio audience stuff, was um, that I don't really like Meatloaf. Um, not not the not the singer. I, my my wife always tells the story of what uh, like neighbors of hers in Connecticut who lived like next door to Meatloaf, and and the woman would say, "Oh yeah, I see him. He'll be out there mowing his lawn or in his yard." I'll say, "Good morning, Meat," and she'll wave. He'll wave to me. Um, that was a long time ago. Those stories. Uh, that that was like ten fifteen years ago. I was told that story, but um, I went off on a Meatloaf tangent. And um, I forget where I was. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a nice episode. But sort of the repetitiveness of the story. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I know they didn't do this back then as far as I know, but it's almost like that they had like a whiteboard. Uh, and they had, they had something just like, a, you know, a, they had like a string of, of cards or something. And the first one was like, Richie goes out with a gal who um, he, he will, everyone tells him he'll score with. And then there's a blank space, and then there's another card that says he doesn't score. And then they're like, um, girl with a reputation, uh, movie star, uh, divorcee. I guess for those of you who are saying um, you prefer the first two seasons because they're sort of more realistic, keep in mind. Think of how many times you were young. And you wound up on a date with a famous movie star. Think of how many times you were young, 17 or 18, and wound up in a swing, half drunk because they're both drinking wine, um, making out with someone you know who's in her late 20s, a hot, hot woman in her late 20s. Think about how many times that happened to you. To be honest, most of you are probably saying, oh, yeah, Dan, I've got, I've got like a, a book filled with assorted dates and names. Knock it off, you do not. Or maybe you do, but it's just... If yeah, if if you're if you're honestly saying that these are more realistic than the later ones, I know I think it's pretty. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, the, the 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 thing with the episode, as I said, I mean, like Mrs. Kimber is uh, is delightful. Uh, she's played by um, what is the actress's name? I have it here. It's Leslie Charlson, who, according to IMDb, um, is apparently. Uh, did a lot of what she was in 740 episodes of general hospitals dr monica quartermain huh and she was in a lot of stuff poor charles she was in cheering section locker girl number two i did not know that i'm gonna have to look that up i have cheering section is on what is considered to be one of the worst officially released dvds of all time love the king frat from code red it's the story being oh, i love king frat the story being that um, they got the rights to King Frat, and they were working on going to put out, trying to put out a nice DVD of it. This is, she's ten years ago or, or seven, eight years ago, something like that. Let's say ten years ago, and it was one of those things where you know, like you have two years. It was like the Fantastic Four movie that Roger Corman did. You know, you have two years to put out a DVD of this, but like the producers weren't actually providing any them with any anything, but like like a you know, like a one-inch VHS, not even that, the King Frat thing. It, it looks just like they probably had like a half-inch videotape. So uh, the guy, Mr. Olson there, who runs Code Red, put out this disc, which specifically trumpeted the fact that it looked terrible. And, and, and yeah, and in fact, the bitrate is so low that the bootleg King Frat disc, which is probably from a very similar source, looks better just because its bitrate is higher. But the second film on that set is Cheering Section. And... I don't know where cheering section is taken from, but it's it looks like it's taken from like a third generation VHS tape. It's not quite as bad as was it Tomcats and the God's Bloody Acres? That was pretty bad. Um, but apparently she's locker girl number two, and she that would have been two years after this. Two two wait a minute two years after this, she's like in her mid twenties here. Oh well, yeah, I I could I could still buy her, um, being uh, uh young. She looks very young. Richie got a lot more um action slash almost action than I certainly did at his age. Oh, I tried. Oh, there he is kissing her. And it's it's not it's funny because a minute or two later he's he's like um 
Oh, I'm sorry, I kissed you. I'm sorry, but that's clearly that's a that's a consensual kiss. I mean, they they look in one another's eyes. She puts his hand on uh, her hand on his his elbow, or show arm, and um, it's real sweet. It's real sweet. But I don't have much else to say about this episode. It's 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 a variation of an episode we've seen twice before. Um, it doesn't have sort of the ground laying ground setting groundbreakingness ness ground it do, it doesn't set the stage like all the way does and it doesn't have kind of the slight zaniness that um the the one with the, the starlet does this is just this is more this feels like a sort of 50s episode or something like i said and, and it ain't bad because of it but it does kind of show up at the, at the beginning of the series i said most of the episodes i remembered of the first and second season just being richie trying to score and at this point it's sort of like mm, yeah i think that is what is happening yeah not not bad though not bad not bad not not just not good. especially when i saw bill idelson's name i thought this is going to be the best and it's it's um it's average it's an average episode of the show which is is got a pretty high average at this time, uh, so um, I, I, I mentioned that when I approach the episodes, I'll throw the disc in and I'll look at the plot synopsis very briefly. And sometimes, like the one with Spike and um, the one with the open house, uh, the, uh, that was kind of an average one too. Um, uh, oh, Big Money, um, the game show one, I kind of look at them, or even the Howdy Doody show from last time, I look at them and kind of go, Oh yeah, I'm not. Um, yeah, that one's not so great. But so far, generally, they've been pretty great. This one is the first one where my memory of, oh, that one's just okay, matched it. Now there may be some of you who forget it. Get a job is the ultimate um, uh, happy days. Um, and awesome, watch it again, enjoy it again. Um, it's not a, it's not a, a bad episode of the show in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's charming. It's, it's well done, and it's got some laughs, and it's got a nice little story. The tricky thing is, as I said, is that Mrs. Kimber is given some backstory and some stuff where she's like, um, you know, it's, it's tough being a divorcee. I don't have a lot of friends right now. My husband was a jerk, and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm lonely, and. It's one of those things where when that scene with her and Richie ends, it's so sweet that you wish they brought her back. You know, the gal with the reputation might get mentioned later, come back later, but she's sort of, I mean, apart from that strange thing where she kind of talks about, oh, I don't mind, you know, my gym teacher used to grab me when I was, or something like that. She says something, apart from those bits, which seem completely inappropriate. Um, she's sort of one of those characters who you expect to just be in one episode. And the starlet, you don't expect the starlet to come back unless, you know, maybe in like season eight she returns or, or something. Um, but but the way they do the scene with Mrs. Kimmer, it's is it that it's um it's kind of more romantic and sweeter than the other scenes. So you almost wish that they had continued to be friends. You almost wish, actually, I do wish that she had come back, but I knew she wasn't going to. That's too bad. So that is get a job, and yes, it does end with uh, Ralph and Potsy don't believe Richie when he tells them that pretty much nothing happened. But then the font says, "Get out of here, you nerds!" Okay, Richie, tell me what happened. What happened? And yeah, you know that that is what that is. So um, yeah, that is get a job. The what the eighteenth episode of uh, this one, and Marsha is in that episode. I don't remember Marsha being in that episode, but she's listed in the credits. Um, I wasn't actually paying attention to when Marsha was in. Is Marsha in that episode? Maybe briefly. Mm-mm. I don't know. Gloria wasn't in that last episode she was supposed to be in. So, boom. So now we're going to go on to the next episode. Uh, episode 19. March 4th, 1975. This is, what is it? It's it's um, uh, Art Bear and Ben Jolson. Directed by Frank Buxton. It's not all Jerry Paris yet. And this is Fonzie Joins the Band. One, two, three. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath. Long about a Saturday night. Yeah, rubbed up, just relaxing in the tub. Thinking everything was alright. Well, I stepped out the tub, I put my feet on the floor. I wrapped the towel around me and I opened the door. And then a splish, splash. <laughs> 
caveat folks i have been having uh, some slight audio issues so if you hear if you're listening to this episode or i think the previous episode and you hear a bit where the audio is like or, or, or something doesn't quite make full sense as it normally does or maybe you don't think any of this makes sense it's because i'm having some audio dropout issues here and there which i'm trying to figure out how to correct but i decided to roll with it rather than just yeah uh, worried about that right now. So this is episode. Uh, yeah, Fonzie joins the band, and uh, in it we see the band. The band. Hey, it's the band. The guys have the band, uh, and th- this will be a thing. The band will be a thing, um, more or less beginning here. Right? We've have we seen them play before? I don't think so. If we have, I apologize. But this is the first one that focuses on the band, if we have. But this is the band. And obviously, if you know the show, the band will build and build and will actually culminate in uh, Joni Love Shachi and season 10, stuff that happens about up way up in season 10. So so this this, this band is, 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 this is big. And as with Richie a couple episodes ago with uh, Wanted to Be the Journalist, this is a, this is a thread that... I don't know if they'll forget about this thread. I think they forget about this thread for the rest of the season. Um, but it will come back. So this will be a reoccurring thing. And um, so it's what? Bag on drums, Richie on keyboards. He's at an organ most of the time. Um, but he also plays a piano. And at one point, he's got like one hand at the piano and the other one on his organ. I know what you're thinking. After get a job, you're going to pull a joke like that, Dan. Leave it alone. We're having fun. They didn't have innuendo in the 50s. I know they had it in the 70s. So um, Potsy's singing. At one point, I think Potsy's on guitar. And Ralph's on saxophone. And he's on bass guitar. And then he, he mentions guitar, too, at one point. I don't know if he's referring to the bass when he says that. But So they got a band. They're playing. And they want to get a gig. And Mr. C has gone to the Leopard Lodge for their annual dance of some variety. And uh, they've taken a vote. And everyone but the Grand Poopa, I always thought it was a Grand Poopa, the Grand Poopa um, said, yes, uh, we want the band. The only trouble is they need to have tuxedos. Dun, dun, dun. Where are they going to get tuxedos? And and it kind of actually looks like that's why Mr. C led them, you know, to... Um, get get the job you know he, he probably pushed them really hard because he knew they'd have to have tuxedos and he knew they wouldn't be able to get them luckily the Fonz gets them tuxedos very flashy kind of goofy looking tuxedos actually I, I quite like them shiny and but the Fonz's thing is I have to be part of the band the Fonz plays bongos he'll be joining them and basically he's going there because there are a lot of attractive ladies I think there's one in particular he's after at the Leopard Lodge. I kind of got lost with the the women he was looking at, and so what he what he does is he he has a thing where like he'll play the bongos and then he'll make eye contact and then he'll mouth "I love you" at them, and I hope you heard that. And uh, he says it works every time, and um, and yeah, so the band goes and plays and 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 the Fonz is there with his bongos and and um, love is is in the air. Uh, and possibly almost a fist fight too and this is reg- regardless of whether or not you like the episode it's the band the the band is in it and this will get you know bigger and bigger as we go so that's important um Joni is so tall in this i don't i mean they specifically like she has to go dance they make her dance with this boy at the um at the at the thing and uh, at the dance and he's like it's like Joni she shot up um, now maybe they're using a very small kid, but um, and I guess they are. But uh, but Joni's so tall, and and Mr. Mrs. Mr. C of course doesn't like the rock and roll. He doesn't get the slish splash. I was taking a bath, um, obviously, and other tunes. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get it, and he especially doesn't get it when they're playing a really s- short, sweet song, uh, a soft, sweet song, and the Fonz goes into a bongo solo. And that's that's the Fonz's thing is that when he says it's time for a bongo solo, that's when he's gonna do his "I love you" 
and uh, <laughs> he looks kind of goofy when he does it, but he's a font, so it works. And and so yeah, yeah, when when they're all dancing to this soft, sweet song, and then all of a sudden it goes into the bongo solo. And eventually, actually, at one point, they actually end up uh, firing the Fonz because the bongos, that ain't going to work. Um, but they kind of bring them on later on. Uh, so, uh, the episode. Unlike the previous one, this definitely feels more um, second season to me. Uh, with a lot of little sides, a lot of little goofy bits. When we actually... Uh, it's 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 one of those things where um there's no real plot to it. It's just once they get the tuxedos, which is approximately six minutes into the twenty four twenty five minutes, I uh, just this mostly them playing and making eyes at gals and Richie doesn't do so well. Richie has a great there's a beautifully shot scene. Um, you know, and I'd say this is like you know like Scorsese uh, like, uh, or something like that. But there's just a lovely scene where, where the Fonz is like, give it a try, give it a try. And there's a gal, Richie has his, his eye on. And, um, and he kind of leans forward and he looks her in the eye and does, I love you. The moment a waiter walks by looking right at him. And, and so Richie kind of backs up and, no, try it again, try it again. And Richie leans in and he gives the I love you again. Right at the moment when the gal sort of goes out of the way and his mom suddenly comes into his uh, vision. And his mom basically says, I love you too, Richie. That's great. You just propositioned your ma, Rich. Yeah. Uh, I I love that. I thought that was great. And then the the gal he does proposition is... um, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in, in a in a moment. But yeah, uh, the Fonzie does his proposition near bongo solo and this, that, and the other, and he gets to do some make out, and the band plays, and the band seems pretty serious about it. Um, what they're doing, um, I, I guess, it's great that they brought Bag on. I don't know, Bag. Um, Bag I feel like Bag has um, uh, sort of his uh, his sell by date was passed with the um the uh the episode where they ran him through in his underpants through the uh through Arnold's a few episodes ago. What the heck was that episode? You you know the episode I'm talking about. Oh, a cruising, cruising. Um I feel like that was his sort of sell by date. If we lost Gloria, we should probably yeah, but I guess Bag is is still there. Bag's got a bit of a bald spot, but I don't hold that against him. Um uh let's see what else. Um uh, Mrs. C looks very nice. Jody looks very nice too. Mr. C looks very nice. Everyone looks very nice. And as as with the previous one, some of the other ones, there's I don't know if there's any point trying to date it. I mean, obviously Splish Splash comes up, and uh, we've talked about Splish Splash before. So we're in the you know Bobby Darren. We're in this fifty seven fifty eight realm here. Um, I almost feel like this is the sort of dance one would have in the autumn or something like that. I I don't I don't know for certain. But I feel kind of like that's what it is. I wish they... Do they mention school? I don't think they mention school or anything, which which is tricky. I Because, I, like, yeah, Joni mentions math class in the previous one. But, yeah, Leopard Lodge, local, four, whatever their local is. Um, but no... Um, oh, for a second, I thought I was going to say, like, Leopard Lodge 58 or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, poor Joni. Yeah, she's dancing with this little kid and... Yeah, everybody's playing, and, and... Oh, Potsy's on the... Something. I, I didn't see if it was a guitar or a bass. I think he's on guitar. Uh, we're going to cut back to it. Oh, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff with Mr. and Mrs. C with him complaining about the music and stuff. I mean, he hasn't he heard enough rock? I mean, surely the kids have been playing rock constantly for the past couple of years. I mean, I understand he he wouldn't like it, but is, is this, this is a surprise? Oh, and now suddenly Ralph's on bass. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, that's um. Oh yeah, and Richie's doing that thing with the piano and the organ, and 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 the Fonz is just very softly hitting the bongo. Uh, <laughs> the Fonz in yeah is that's uh, I need to you know I'm actually gonna pause this and I'm gonna take a picture of that because I think it's very funny. I'll be right back. I had to. There, there's something about the Fonz in in and out of his leather jacket in this spangly. Siegfried and Roy Tux, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they just, the, the gal got dipped and, and Mrs. C said, I love you too, Richie, or whatever it is she says, which is great. Um, it's a fu- it's, it's, it's a funny episode. It's, again, the, the, the main 
the main thing for it in the history of the show is the band. The 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 now they have a band. We know they have a band. They're actually um, going out there and uh, you know getting gigs and and getting paid and doing a bunch of sets at the show and and so that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I love how the Fonz is, he provides the tuxes, but he's really mainly there to hit on chicks, you know. Well, Fonz, you know, we only make a certain amount of money. I don't care. I'm here for the gals. And, yeah, it's... Okay, let, let me... Um, it's it's fun. I, I need to talk more about this episode, and I will, but it's... um. It really is just them playing and the Fonz picking up chicks and Richie trying and not quite getting there and Mr. C complaining about dancing. And in the end, both him and Mrs. C like throw out their backs kind of from all the dancing. And, oh, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Potsy's on guitar right there. And Richie and, and Ralph was on bass, although he's on saxophone right here. So, so, so Potsy sings and strums the guitar, Baggis drums, Fonz bongos. Uh, Richie keyboards, uh, Ralph a saxophone. I don't know what kind of saxophone that is. I would say tenor. I don't think it's a baritone. I think it's a tenor. Um, I haven't actually listened to it that closely, but it, 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 it the size doesn't look right for for baritone. Um, and poor Miss Mister C, he's just so confused. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> and this poor thing with these guys who. Um, keep getting all their their gals taken away by musicians because that's what happens it's rock and roll baby live it love it yeah so okay let me go to so so richie does attract the gal's attention near the end uh which gets him in a little bit of hot water so he i love you's a gal who's dancing with the guy and she has kind of unfortunate hair and then he goes to talk to her and then it turns out that um her response to him um, was because she didn't have her glasses on, and so she couldn't really see what he was saying, so Richie misread it again. Um, but she puts her glasses on, it's like, you're cute, but then her boyfriend shows up and says, I'm sick of musicians taking my gal away from me. Meet me by the birdbath. I don't know where the birdbath is. Ask a pigeon, which is a great line. And... So we get we and we've had this happen before. This will become a running thing throughout the show, and I I I'm not going to complain about this. And I know what you said. You're thinking, Dan, you you complained. Well, I don't know. Complaining is it might be a bit much, but you complained and get a job about the trope of Richie spends an evening with a gal that you absolutely score with, and he doesn't score with her. But the trope throughout the show of Richie or someone in the family, Joni, much later on after Richie's gone, Chachi occasionally, about to get like beat up or hurt or have something happen to them, and Fonzie shows up and saves the day. That's, uh, I guess that there's a difference between like a plot line and a trope. You know, just, just sort of doing the same thing. Um, I, I, uh, I'd like to think there is. I guess it's almost sort of like like say Petticoat Junction or the Homer Bedlow episodes or, or in Beverly Hillbillies, um, like Granny Spring Tonic episodes and things. Uh, those are sort of... Or when Lester and Scruggs would show up. Um, those those are sort of um, perennial things that would happen within the show. Whereas, say, like the Frogman plot line that goes on in season nine, you just keep getting the same thing over and over again, episode after episode. And after about seven of them you're being driven up the wall and I, I guess sort of compare that to like Richie getting in the same situation where he should score but he doesn't by the third time it's kind of like okay we know where this is going Pull, do something incredible or get off the pot and they, they, they do a nice job with Mrs. Kimber but since we know that she'll never return eh uh, but but the thing with the Fonz showing up and saving the day becomes a, a becomes a fun thing, you know. It becomes like I don't know, you know. It it, it becomes like a, a, a an episode of Doctor Who where you're dropped down in the middle of a world, and then right when things are starting to get bad or tricky, you hear the noise of the uh, the TARDIS landing, kind of thing. You know, you know, like now things are going to change. So I don't. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah. So so I don't I don't the thing with the thing with the Fonz saving the day in the end for Richie getting beaten up. I think I think it's something fun um, because you can do variations on it. Whereas the variations on Richie is going to score with a gal who he should be able to score with, but then he doesn't. Eh, generally ends with him not scoring. So so. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the gal uh, Richie tries to uh, pick up and her boyfriend. So she is uh, Susan Richardson with blonde hair. I I thought it was a wig. I, I, I don't I don't think it is because she well it could be I guess but she's dancing like crazy and and it looks like her hair um I guess maybe maybe they asked her to dye her hair because uh, Ron Howard was a redhead I mean I only know no well I I I know Susan Richardson is being Susan it, but but sometimes her hair looks goofy though throughout this um um uh, I know Susan Richardson is Susan um, from Eight Is Enough, the only one of the eight kids from Eight Is Enough whose name I can remember immediately because it's the same name as the actress. And I know what you're saying, Dan, well, you haven't watched much Eight Is Enough. No, 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 no. Over the past ye- two years, I have watched on DVD the first three seasons. I just finished the third season. Marriage and Other Flights of Fancy, that weird two-hour episode where Grant Goodeve like, goes off with some hippie gal and they go exploring themselves and they do skydiving and stuff it's like where the hell are we uh but but no i've, I've watched the first three seasons of eight is enough and i have the fourth season uh which begins with the episode merle the pearl uh which is uh susan richardson related um and so i do quite like eight is enough i don't know that i love it but boy i've watched a lot of it over the past two years um but uh yeah so, so susan richardson who i just think is um yeah <sighs> You know, as uh, as uh, as time goes on, and you sort of look at her history, she might be a bit on the eccentric side. But boy, if I had met her in high school, oh, and she's super cute in this. I prefer her with the red hair, um, but she's super cute in this. And when the the, the strap, her shoulder strap drops down at the end of the song, it's like yeah, her boyfriend is Adam Arkin, who who wants to beat up Richie, but then, and he's got two friends with him, but then the Fonz shows up, two friends run away, and then he takes off. Adam Arkin's awesome. Um, I have an Adam Arkin story. It's not a big story, but I will tell the story. 1996, um, I forget what company it was, their big movie of like the summer oh gosh i didn't look up was it paramount was it one of the was it no universal no it wasn't universal was it i forget it wasn't the big their big movie the summer i take that back if it was universal it was just a movie that was coming out one week they had so let's say let's say okay let me back so let's say at some point during eh, like uh, spring ish maybe summer of 96 let's say universal had two films they were releasing one of them they had put a lot of time and effort behind and then there was a second one at the last minute due to publicity and other things happening they kind of bombed out on the first one and then put all their push behind the second one and that film was barbed wire the Pamela Anderson film. You've all seen it. You all love it. I haven't seen it. Did you love it? But the film that got the shaft was Mystery Science Theater 2000, the movie, which got a very limited release. I was lucky enough to be in L.A., and whatever that theater was, or is, and uh, like um, Sunset and Crescent Heights, um, that's in the plaza there where the Virgin Megastore used to be. I saw Napoleon Dynamite there. I saw Della Morte Della More, or is it the other way around there? I saw a whole bunch of films there. That was I saw Sling Blade there. I saw Shine there. Um, and with Kevin J. Jolly, the J stands for Jolly, I saw Mystery Science Street Theater 3000, the movie there. We had a great time. It was super fun. The, the, it was about half full. It wasn't the big theater, but it, it was a decent-sized theater. It was half full. People were laughing. People were having a great time. 
and there was like a like a row of people behind it. Well, four or five people behind us laughing, laughing. You could hear this one guy laughing and laughing. We all kind of got up at the end together, and folks were still kind of laughing and saying jokes to one another. And we kind of got right behind the folks in the row behind us, and um, and I I just remember like they were holding the door open for each other, and then the last guy held the door open. Uh, walked through the door, held it open, turned to me and kind of smiled at me. And I smiled at him and kind of laughed. And he laughed too because we had this uh, joie de vivre, you know, that used to get like at the silent movie theater around the same time in L.A. Like when they would show Laurel and Hardy films and people would be laughing and almost falling on the floor at the at the end of it. And the lights would go up and people would be looking at one another like, I'm still laughing. I can't stop laughing. And he was laughing and I was laughing and I kind of looked at him and I thought, you're Anna Markin. And I kind of nodded him and smiled and laughed and he laughed and then we went out the door. And I was just turned to Kevin DeJohn and was like, that was freaking Anna Markin sitting directly behind us laughing this entire time. So that's my Anna Markin story. This is Adam Arkin, um, uh, 20 years younger. But I love the fact that he was there. And I also love the fact that maybe his dad was early, for, uh, further, farther, further down the road. Further down, further on down the road. That's um, uh, it's Springsteen. Uh, no, it was further down the, the road. Maybe I just didn't see him. Um, but yeah, so, so it's Adam Arkin and it's Susan Richardson. And Richie doesn't get beat up. And everyone goes home, and uh, Mr. C is wrecked, and Mrs. C tries to do the Charleston, and she's wrecked, and she looks good in her dress. And Joni looks super cute in her dress. She, she's grown up, and, and, and Richie looks great in his tuxedo. I, I, I think it's a fun episode. I really think Adam Arkin is Bo, featuring Susan Richardson as Carol. Why did they just name her Susan? I, I thought that's what they did with all of her characters. I, yeah, I. It's a super charming episode. Um, uh, the the only thing I would I would say is that it's not quite as kind of sharp as it could be. Like the comedy isn't quite. It's it's a bit too meandering. No, that's not a that's not a bad thing. You know, we all we all meander. You you just heard me tell that friggin' story. So I'm, yeah. I I, I think it's a fun episode. I think it's good for for late lateness season. You gotta have like after get a job, which is a kind of a sweet episode, but was a little underwhelming. It's nice to have one that just goes full on. Like I like I said, I just love the fact that the Fonz is there and he's gonna help Richie out. He's gonna help the band out, but mainly he's there to help himself. And in the end, they bring him back into the band. Um, after all is said and done, because he helps out, he he puts cummerbunds into the bongos to kind of lessen the sound of it all. So it's a fun episode. Yeah, I uh, I wish I had more to say about it. Let me uh, give me a second. The other thing I I thought of is that not only do we have the the band starting up and going from there. But we also have, I think the Leopard Lodge has, the Leopard Lodge has definitely been mentioned before, but this is the first full-on Leopard Lodge, I believe, adventure-ish. And the Grand Poopah. But the thing, of course, with the Leopard Lodge is the Leopard Lodge will be a kind of a huge-ish thing throughout the series. And in fact, and this is shooting way ahead, but if I remember correctly, and I think I'm right here, the last episode that aired of happy days not passages this is something we'll discuss if you you know if you know what i'm talking about then you know what i'm talking about if you don't know what i'm talking about don't look it up but the last episode that aired in the late summer of 84 so long from this point where we're at now i believe is leopard lodge related so boom leopard lodge Woo! there you go Get a job, baby. All right, so this was episode, uh, season two, episode 10, episode 18 overall of Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast. Thank you, everyone. As you can see, I think this episode was much shorter than the others. It's, Get get a Job is definitely worth watching. It definitely has its charms. And Fonzie Joins the Band, I think, is a lot of fun. Uh, but... I, I don't want to say we're getting near the end of the season and maybe we're sort of running, I'm running out of things to say because I think I, 
I always believe I want to have something to say the whole way through. I, I don't want to kind of junk it as, uh, you know, at the end. Like, you don't want to get to, like, oh, you know, four episodes from the end of season six. Yep, Dan's going to have nothing to say. Enjoy. No, 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 no. I had stuff to say. Just not quite as much as on the previous ones, for whatever reasons. And who knows, maybe I'll have an addendum on this episode. Hey, it happens. So that was Get a Job, Fonzie Joins the Band. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. My name is Dan Budnick. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I also do a podcast called Eventually Super Train, covering short-lived TV shows. We are... We finished Erie, Indiana. We're on Masquerade, Bourbon Street Beat, and... Eh, something or other. And, yeah, I'm on Made for TV Mayhem show with the great Amanda Reyes and the wonderful Nathan Johnson. And our most recent episode, which should be up around the time you're hearing this, is um, Car Porn. Get a job. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's what Amanda call, is calling it. I, I, I am not... Um, eh, she's kind of right. Uh, listen and enjoy. And, uh, yeah, you, you can get in touch with me at Danny Slacks, D-N-N-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S at yahoo.com. You can leave a comment over on eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com, uh, at esupertrain1 on Twitter, eventuallysupertrain on Facebook, and just, just leave something, say hello, um, and, um, oh, 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 uh, I, I forget if I mentioned this previously, but there is another Happy Days podcast out there called These Days Are Ours, a Happy Days podcast, which is awesome, with Emily and Joe. Uh, and it's um, they're really nice people, and it's a really fun podcast, and they have something that I generally don't have, two people talking, rather than one jackass trying to remember what the hell is going on. We have different formats to the show, which is cool. So so I would recommend their podcast highly. Uh, these days are all, These are such happy days. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And now's the time to end this. Splish Splash. Splish Splash. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes. Sky hello blue, there's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feel so right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. So let's